0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Teacher Takeaway Podcast. I'm James Gray, one of your hosts, and I am joined alongside by my lovely co-host, Aaron Johnson. Hello, everybody. Alice Vigas. Hi, everyone. And Beck West.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again.
0: And welcome to Episode 10. And our topic for this episode is End of Term Reflections. As New South Wales were in our last week, and we know colleagues across different states are either coming up to their last week or they're in um, their first week of holidays. Our inquiry question for this episode is, how do we effectively reflect on our growth and areas of improvement? The purpose of this episode is we're going to be talking about a lot of the different wins that we've had this term, but also something that we're all aware of at the moment, the challenges that we're faced, We're going to be sharing some of our successes and how within our school context that we've managed and faced them, and also hopefully be able to pass some strategies on to support you heading into term two. But starting guys, our wins, what have been some of your wins from term one?
1: I had really great consistent teacher judgment meetings this term with a focus on writing, So I think I've I've mentioned it in other episodes that that's been a focus for us to do that. But this time it just, it worked really, really well. We've got a lot of new staff as well. So it would, would have been a new process for them with their new team. But we've got our writing sample wall where we pick out some samples for each kids. And then we're using the learning progressions, creating texts, learning progressions, to build up that consistent teacher judgment around what does that work sample mean when we analyze it and what can we see that student demonstrating? So we would highlight some of those things and I put up some little chuckle memes on the wall to go with it uh, with comments around why so harsh? Because we just found that consistently we were marking Mm -hmm. our kids a lot harder than what um, national samples Uh, give us and what our students are demonstrating when they sit those summative assessments like NAPLAN where they're performing better so it meant that indicated to us that our judgments weren't quite in line with each other the conversation at every single meeting still consistently is oh my kids are doing better than I thought and it just really reaffirms that conversation around writing is hard writing is hard it's hard to teach it's not natural and um it felt really good to have successful meetings coming out of that and teachers, you could see that visible oh, sort of like relief. Like, yes, I am a good teacher. I am doing the right thing. It felt really good.
0: And like you said, back everyone finds writing so complex and really hard. So great job to you and your team in getting that consistency and building that teacher self-efficacy with how they were feeling and realising how good the kids are going there. Great to hear. How about you, Aaron? What was some of your wins from term one?
2: Um, I think one of my wins was similar to Beck, just one of the things that I've been focusing on with teachers and our teams around um, my instructional leadership role of working on mathematics and so having some really great Um, sessions in classrooms with teachers and helping them I guess reflect on their practice and what we're doing in regards to differentiating for our students and um, yeah really helping and supporting them to get some like quality systems in place ultimately to make their job easier to meet their students needs um, to give them more time to you know to work with their small groups and you know provide those explicit opportunities for students so I think for me that was a really big win um you know actually the wins are their wins if if that you know um, i i am stoked with all of the wins that that the teachers i've been working with this term have had and looking forward to next term and you know working with a new bunch of teachers heading into term two and um working alongside those teams and you know setting goals and hopefully
0: celebrating more wins with them no, that's really nice to hear the connection from your uh, yours Aaron to Bex, about teachers feeling good about what they're doing and seeing the progress that they're making. How about you, Alison? just to, for our listeners tonight, um, where Alice is located in Tumut, the the internet is a little bit dodgy, so you might hear Alice coming and out. But are you there, Alice?
3: I am, James. Can you hear me?
0: <laughs> we can hear you fine.
3: <laughs> um, my win this term has been um. The fact that we implemented, oh, I think we're up six different PLCs. So a PLC is a professional learning community um, and we have six of those that we have activated across um, our school and each team has a member from each stage. So there's a teacher from Stage 3, Stage 2, um, Stage 1 and Early Stage 1 as well as... Um, one of our executive, our principal, and me as the APC, and I. So we've got quite a nice um, spread across each of the teams. We've got a literacy, numeracy, well-being, data, and leadership PLC. And it's the win has been, you know, the fact that I was able to launch all six of those, activate those, and and put in some really strong structures to support the initiatives that we're driving through each of those PLCs so um, those teams are where we drive our whole school initiatives in literacy literacy so we're focusing on um fluency development and utilizing the members of that team to develop that whole school understanding drive that back through our stage meetings and then back into classrooms to um you know, to get those high-impact strategies happening across our school, and it's and it's kind of like a nice feedback kind of cycle that we've got going. And it's not just one person driving the initiatives; it's it's a core team of people which I think has helped with um, buy-in and it's building a really nice
1: um, distributive leadership model across our school. I like so the way you said activate activated these teams like mm. you know it's within those teachers ready to go they just needed to be activated <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's
0: that's awesome to hear Alice and how often do your PLCs meet
3: uh we meet on a weekly basis so um all PLCs meet a uh, timetable to meet for an hour every Wednesday so we just on a Wednesday. Um, for me and my principal who are in all of the PLCs, it's quite an intensive day for us <laughs> um, because it's virtually back-to-back um, PLCs, but we've we've worked out our funding and it put it into our timetable so that it's not an after-school thing. It's not an extra expectation for staff. It's, it's part of our core business. It's part of the way that we're driving improvement in our school and, I think it's it's a really important way of showing teachers that their input matters. It's you know in school time. It's not like I said. It's not a, an add on at the end of the day. Um, so it, that has really helped in in getting these teams off the ground and and making some really good headway in the initiatives that we're driving.
0: No, that's awesome. And it would be interesting in maybe um, a future episode to talk more about professional learning communities because I think if they're done right and done effective, the, the huge difference they can make in driving school change. And like you said, that it's everyone's responsibility in providing that distributed leadership um, and enabling everyone. So I think that'd be interesting to talk further in a future episode. Thanks, Alice. What about, hang on, what about you, James? What are your my, wins? Uh, yeah, my win, I guess I've started in a new school this term. Um, so my wins has been about all about relationships with the students with the teachers with the parents and community and the local management group of schools just really forming um, some great relationships and just has helped me in in what I'm going to be seeing in my long-term future at the school so really investing the time to build some really great relationships and that's been a win because I'm seeing the benefits and the power of relationships which we've talked very much about on this podcast is there needs to be a relationship with all levels to to effectively lead a school community you need to have that relationship and and that buy-in so that's been a win for me because i'm you know still a work in progress across all levels but i've really enjoyed building those relationships it's it's been really nice so our challenges team we all, we all know that it hasn't been uh all all roses and smiles in term one what's been some of the challenges that you face this term?
2: Let's just let's just say COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the challenge, right? That I
0: think, that um, the
2: challenge. And yeah. everything
1: underneath it. <laughs>
2: yeah, all of the things that come under that heading. I think um, me personally, one of the challenges has been I've been managing casuals um, this term. So uh, hashtag one more day before I hand <laughs> that job on to somebody else, wishing them all the best for term two. But that, that's just been a challenge is, um, I guess, you know, those daily, managing those daily changes um, across the school and trying to make sure that, you know, classes are, are covered and they're trying to provide consistency and con- continuity of learning where and if we can. It's just, it's tricky because, you know, um, we've had periods where we've had numerous, numerous staff off And, you know, not enough casuals to replace them and and looking at how do we strategize to try and, you know, make the most of, you know, the resources we have within our school, Um, but ultimately keeping kids at, at the forefront of what's best for our students and how can we still give them the best opportunities when, you know, we've got this. But, you know, I know we talked about too, and then there's the challenges of having numbers of kids off and how do we you know support that continuity of learning when we you know go through periods when we don't have our whole class for extended periods of time so yeah it's a it's a challenge it's been an ongoing challenge I'm looking forward to two weeks of not having to think about who's covering what class tomorrow thank <laughs> and goodness you, just, you for that. reminded
1: me to um avoid my fellow exec tomorrow because we haven't decided who's doing it <laughs> <yet>.
2: <laughs> well don't you worry listen I was very clear on let's let's make a plan because I'm not doing it any longer
1: <laughs> I spoke to a woman uh, yesterday too who said um they've been uh following the the patterns in the UK and We're sitting essentially a few months behind them. And she said, expect it to continue into term two if we're following that same pattern of what has happened in the UK. So we have a, um, a sick phone, like a school phone, that's our sick phone that we use for uh, people to message in when they're sick. And I swear I get triggered when I hear that thing go <laughs> off. I don't want it.
2: Yes, it, want is, triggered. it is the same. I'm glad it doesn't have the same ringtone as my personal phone Because, <laughs> and honestly, like actually have been having nightmares about people calling in sick, like it's haunting me in my sleep.
1: Oh no, oh my gosh. And it is the, the shortage is, is so real. And it's um, I, I know some of our, our corporate colleagues. Thank you to those who have been stepping out of your role and stepping into schools. My director stepped into a school to help teach um at some at some of those days as well, because that's how crazy and chaotic it was. And I think I think the biggest challenge for me. Uh, not having to manage the casuals this term is just trying to be a support for my executive that are trying to deal with those things so if the board needs to be done each day that kind of a thing I've tried to be helping them but I think the bigger challenge is just trying to keep staff well-being and positivity at the front that's really Mm. really hard to do when everything just feels crap like when there's so many things out of your control and he, he, trying to bring positivity to that has been really hard.
0: 100%. And I think that's the important thing, uh, you know, within within us being leaders is focusing on what matters and just moving all the excess crap that our staff don't have to worry about mm. so that we're supporting them to do what matters. Uh, I think that's really a, a key step in, in supporting our staff wellbeing. How about you, Alice? What's been a challenge?
3: Um. I'm going to pick a recent challenge from the last couple of days. We had um, one of our school um, sporting events, and I was saying um, prior to our podcast and our pre-show chat that we've had about a third of our school out um, with COVID during the week, and we've we've been finding it quite a challenge to to organize sporting carnivals. Um, you know, lots of our sporting children have been out um, with COVID to looking at you know how do we manage manage that so that they're they're not losing out in those um, you know circumstances when ordinarily they might be the ones that would get age champion and go on to the next levels and um, yeah, trying to look at creative ways that we can we can still give our students that opportunity, but. Yeah, work it around COVID. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fine
0: balance trying to get everything back to normal, but having an understanding that um, COVID is still very real and we've got to be flexible in our decision making of still providing opportunities for students. Yeah. Um, a, ch- a challenge of mine's probably been with attendance supporting families, you know, who, who have been reluctant to return to school. Um, and having, a, having in the back of my mind of being supportive um, with that, but also trying to support those parents to see the importance of attendance and in that process, because our normal processes are, look a little bit different as we return in 2022. So that's been a little bit of a challenge in supporting some of the families. Um, now for the next segment of the episode, we've got start, repeat, delete. We've had Aaron mention this before. So we're going to each go through of something start, which is something new. Then we're going to talk about repeat, something that we found worked and we're going to keep doing in term two. And something that we'll finish with is delete, something we're going to stop doing in turn two because it proved not to be effective at this current time. So starting with start something new, what's something you guys are going to start doing?
1: I'm happy to go. Um, Next term, we're putting in some plans to delve into formative assessment a bit deeper. Um, And I can, I will link that to my delete later on when we come back to that one, but it's just an area that we're going to go into a bit more closely now. So we'll, um, the executive are going to have our own spiral of inquiry around formative assessment and what that looks like in practice. Um, And some of that comes back to, like I said, we've got new staff, new teachers. We want to make sure that we're not just assuming knowledge or practice is there amongst all the other chaos that we've been dealing with. And um, we really want to develop some, some good quality strategies in our toolkits as well as executive, you know? So, I mean, the last time I was on class myself doing this in practice was 2017. And I acknowledge that, you know, being away from the classroom for a while, I can have these things in my toolkit ready to suggest, but I was also an experienced practitioner at that point that I've got those final memories of how I would assess on the go and do those things. And I don't want to, um, throw things at teachers just going yeah yeah, yeah, this is easy you can pick it up and run with it and just do it like that when they're still at the beginning of their career I want to be able to make sure I've got things in my toolkit that um, serve uh, that point of need for the teacher as well as the student. so I'm actually really excited to be doing that um, at that executive level and then um, using that distributed model of leadership for it to go down through to our teachers.
0: No, it sounds really exciting, Beck. I'm keen, keen to hear what strategies you provide your teachers to put in their toolkit and hear how effective they've been through your distributed leadership model with, with formative assessment. How about Tell you, Aaron? Me. Well,
2: it sounds like Beck and I are very much on the same kind of journey because I was actually going to say, so next term, we're also having a focus on, um, you know, uh, on formative assessment, particularly in the area of mathematics. So Beck, maybe we can have some, have some chat. Book
1: club, book club. I've got lots of books on my, on my wish list.
2: (laughs) So, so for me next term, that'll be something in particular that we're starting of looking at. Um, refining, I guess, our school practices, and like we said, building teacher capacity um, in you know formative assessment and using that um, to drive you know student learning and teaching and learning. And one of the things that we're looking at implementing is you know quality data talks. So I'll be supporting our executive staff to start implementing those with their teams throughout um, next term to um, embed those into sort of their five weekly teaching cycles. And then we're going to um, also be looking closely at feedback. So I've started doing some student focus groups um, this last couple of days to get a bit of a picture of what we're currently doing for feedback um, and then working on, you know, hopefully bringing some stage um, consistency and school-wide consistency around feedback models and how we're giving feedback um, with a particular focus on like next steps. How do we make our next steps in learning clear to students? yeah, so that's sort of something that we'll be doing a new thing for next term. I'm looking forward to, to leading both of those things with our staff and with our executive team as well.
0: Oh, that sounds very exciting. And in particular, the, that peer coaching kind of model that you're going to be working with the executives and supporting them to embed that within their stages. I'm really keen to hear, hear the outcomes on that one, Aaron. How about you, Alice? What's something you're looking forward to starting next term?
3: Um. There are a couple of things that we're starting in in my context next term. Um, One of them is um, we've got a partnership with Corwin and and next term we are looking at engaging in their making learning visible um, online modules, which is around um, the use of effective learning intentions and success criteria. And I think you may have done this one, Aaron. Yes, Um, we've
2: been on that journey. We last year finished our our three-year project.
3: Yeah. So we've added that into our um, collaborative expertise project that we've already got going with Corwin um, and looking at ways that we can really leverage learning intentions and success criteria and and utilize the feedback process um, to enhance that and to look at, as you said, Aaron, that that next steps in that learning and and how that kind of feeds a cycle um, of learning in the classroom so that we are making that learning visible, that students understand, um, you know, where they're going, how they're going to get there, what success will look like once they've achieved it and what they Need to do once they've achieved um, what we're asking of them. So, really looking forward to um, to diving into that one.
0: No, that sounds that sounds exciting. And is that a whole school thing, Alice?
3: Yes, it is a whole school thing, and it was something that um, came out of a previous discussion that we had as part of our Corwin project last year, and it's kind of. Um, Through our uh, professional learning communities has been one of the things that has kind of appeared again through our discussions, um, as you know, in the different across the different teams. So it was something that we felt, you know, we really needed to do a bit more of a deeper dive into and understand really the importance of it and how we effectively leverage it in our classroom so that we've got a consistent approach across the school um, we're using consistent language and
0: all that kind of stuff no well the key thing I, I got from that part is consistency and kiss consistency is key in everything yep. do. i look forward to maybe term two week 10 coming back to each of you on those different initiatives that are going to be happening and throughout the term and checking in to, to hear how they're going something that um, I want to start doing more of um, in the term two. Um, is doing a bit more teacher walkthroughs and classroom walkthroughs within my role to help me to get a greater understanding of different things that we're doing, but also to have a more instructional role within within my leadership position in in supporting staff. And um, yeah, that's that's something what I, I want to start to do more of within my role. Um, repeat. Something we're planning to keep doing. We found that it just was so great in term one, and then we're going to keep repeating it in into term two. I'm happy to go first. Um, I
2: guess one thing I've been working on, this is class-based for me, um, in looking at moving forward with this little f- project on feedback, is some of the, the systems we've put in place in our class for peer and self-feedback. Um, just really creating, I guess, some consistent sort of meta-language around understanding feedback and how we give it. So um, I know I've mentioned it before. Um, so I, I like to use with my student the, the terms of glows and grows. So we've really been delving into that as a class and working on effectively applying that, you know, for self-feedback and peer feedback. And it's it's the last few weeks have been really effective um, and can see the, you know, the work that we've done, the the impact it's having for students um so i i want to obviously keep um you know keep embedding that practice next term with our with my class and hopefully with other classes as well start to see that um you know taken on board but um yeah i think that's been a, a real highlight for my particular classroom setting That's something that's worked really well um, that the kids have taken hold of and, you know, can see the impact from it and hopefully transferring that to being focusing on it in writing in particular, but starting to use that consistent approach across other areas as well. So that'll be, you know, for me, something I keep doing
0: next term. No, a really important one, like you were saying, Aaron, that students having an understanding of their learning and their needs and things that they need to work on um, to, to improve in that area. How about you, Beck? Something you're going to repeat in term two?
1: I definitely want to repeat the consistent teacher judgment process. And I think we'll tweak it slightly so it's not the exact same thing that we do every single time. I really like the idea of um, getting all of the teachers to get work samples this time without names on it and like mix them all up into the stage. <laughs> and they all just have to take a pile each, not knowing if it's their kid or the kid next door or the kid two doors down. And then assess and look and get some samples out of it that way and see if one teacher's marking a kid higher than their peer or lower, or if they're a bit on track, and then develop a bit more conversation around uh, why are we judging them the way that we do? You know, that, that whole spiral of inquiry focus as well around well, why, why, what's yeah. our really that, that whole segment there that talks about reflecting on your beliefs around something. And looking at that collective, building collective teacher efficacy around, we believe our kids can and do perform, you know, at this level when it comes to writing. So, I, yeah, I kind of want to throw a spanner in the works a little bit with how we've been doing it and see how that goes. Nah, <laughs> Unless that's... we're having another terrible term and then I won't do that too <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. I like it a lot, Beck. I'm, I'm keen to see how it goes. Um, Alice, what will you be repeating into term two?
3: Um something that we found was worked really effectively is um, our data analysis processes that we've put in place um, this year that sit alongside um, our PLC teams and in in my role as APC and I, um, I live in the land of data and looking at our whole school school data and, and collating that and analysing it and looking at, um, you know, trends over time and growth and all that kind of stuff. But feeding that um, into multiple layers of our schools, so we feed it into um, our PLC teams who we sit and we discuss and we analyse and we have some really rich data conversations Um about what it is that we're noticing, but looking at, you know, how how are high performing students doing? Where are they going next? What are what are our growth areas? Who are we going to target? How will we get them to that next point in their learning? You know, who's who is an area of concern or what what components of a particular subject area are, are a concern. What do we need to do as a school to address our our core instruction so that you know, this is no longer an area of concern, um, but that then feeds back into our stage teams, who then analyse that at the classroom level and look at um, the recommendations that our PLCs have made in terms of how we address, how we use this data, how we address that in our teaching and learning, what that will look like um, at each of the at each of the grade levels, and then we we um, embark on a what we're calling a um sprint for improvement which is like a teaching sprint or a um you know a spiral of inquiry um looking at you know that that five around a five week cycle of you know let's here's here's the recommendation let's look at how we can embed that into our practice let's then look at the improvements that that's had and and, you know, feed that back then up to the PLC team and, and look at the impact that that has had on, on students and their, their growth um, and then how we can sustain that over time. So that's a process that I'm keen to repeat next term
0: oh that's something interesting and when you're talking about all those key kind of inquiry questions that you you know that you're asking yourself about how using that data and putting it into practice to reflect upon it i think it's very fitting to your nature alice with it with with those questions and it it made me think um with i was talking to one of um, my apc and i was um uh, talking and connecting it to your teaching sprints. So in our foyer, in our office, where you've got all your pin boards and everything, and sometimes you can see data walls. Your your school might have all different things up our I's revamped ours and there's kind of like a teaching sprint wall for each stage so they've reflected upon the data and the areas of need within reading for each different stage throughout it and what they've got is kind of now that they're going to be completing a teaching sprint they've kind of got they're going to be putting qr codes for each certain stage depending upon where their area of need for reading was and the, you scan it and the QR code will take you to a work sample of that student. And if it was a focus for, say, on making this up, stage one was fluency, there will be students reading. Then that same student, after the teaching sprint, there will be the QR code again to it to show the impact of that teaching sprint. And I was really like, that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to, well, to using those. Yeah, to really show yeah. from the data that they found from the term. Now they're going to do a teaching sprint on it. Before, or after, and just being able to go scan to see that same student's work sample. In yeah, progress. I like that. Yeah, I thought it. I'm, I'm looking keen. forward to
3: uh, checking back in on that one and yeah. seeing how that
0: goes. That's right. That's nothing I'm doing. It, it was something on their own accord, and I'm, I'm keen to see um, how that looks. Something I'm looking forward to, to repeating is. Again, just maintaining and building um, relationships within the school, but also supporting my colleagues in in everything that we can do within school leadership to make sure that we've got systems in place that our teachers can thrive, that we can, you know, kind of be the the protector, but to try and really give them all the time that they need to be successful within their roles. So that's something that I want to continually think about and, and repeat into term two. Something for delete, something to stop doing. In term to Aaron, you've been going, you've been starting yourself for these ones. Something you're going to stop doing. Ah, oh,
2: you know that's a hard one. I think for me, um, this is a personal one. I'm gonna stop being so self-critical. Um, I think for me, coming into like a new particular you know, particularly being in a new role this year and not being on class full-time and being in part-time role, I've I've found this term I've been particularly hard on myself with, you know, managing the workload, but also that, you know, that, you know we all get it, that self-doubt, that imposter syndrome, like you're not doing a good job. You don't know what the heck you're doing. Um, but then actually like, you know, reading the feedback from the people that I've been working with, I sort of, you know, in my instructional leadership role, I sent out a survey to the people I've worked with and, you know, what have you found helpful? How could we work on things? You know, what would, what could we do better next time? And just genuinely, you know, seeing that what, what I'm doing is, is making a difference. And I think too often we don't give ourselves credit for what we're doing, um, and the impact that we're having. So for me, I think something I want to delete in my my journey next term is you know maybe silencing that self-critic that we have because that's always the default you know are you doing crap job or that wasn't good enough or so I think for me that's something I really want to work on for myself is that mindset that critical critical mindset because there's a difference
0: between being reflective and being Mm. self-critical now I really respect that Aaron that that really shows your level of self-awareness of that and it's a good thing that you've identified that early on because like you're saying if it's allowing that to take over you it's going to continually provide that level of self-doubt and self-critical nature opposed to going hey I'm doing a pretty good job you know and it's a fine balance of not just saying I'm doing a pretty good job but you're reflecting upon the things that you're doing within your leadership and the impact that that's had because I know we're, we're always first and, you know, it's good when leaders are self-critical because it means they're reflecting upon their practice, but it's also important that you understand the wins that you're making. So I really mm. respect um, that from you. Aaron. really good to hear. How about you, Beck? Something you're going to be deleting.
1: So i uh, already gone in and deleted and it's deleting <laughs> some things off um, our assessment schedule. So yeah, um, I've I came off the back of having um you know external validation and assessment being rated as excelling and so you know that Ooh-hoo. just reinforced I know i was so proud <laughs> um especially when I went in going no we're sustaining and growing and then we have the lovely <laughs> you know high achievers they're going no 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 you're at excelling you're you're trying Nailed to it. do it higher than, than what you thought that lovely high achieving status in me and <laughs> that um So, what I did, all these new resources and changes and everything that were happening, that are happening within our system, moving to science of reading, all the new assessments that have been made available, made available. I tried to go too hard, too fast, thinking, yeah, yeah, we're in the routine, we're fine, we're going, not accounting for the fact that there's new staff, not accounting for the fact, and I only had this reflection the other day. Only two of my teachers are actually teaching in the same grade or stage they were teaching last year. The teaching staff that I've that we've managed to maintain that didn't get pregnant during COVID <laughs> <So> <laughs> still went to different stages or grades that they hadn't taught on before uh, and hadn't had PL on that, or didn't have that deep knowledge and understanding of that particular area of the curriculum. And then I've just chucked all these new assessments on top of it thinking, well, we've got our systems in place. This is just a tweak. Surely. No, it was on self-reflection. It was much more than a tweak. And of course we know brand new beginning temp teachers as well, still finding their feet in a new environment may not be so keen to go, ah, this is too much and I'm struggling with it, or this is too much and I haven't done this assessment before, or I don't know how to do this. So we've, um, reflected on that and stepped back and gone, yeah, we need to uh, keep what's critical and then focus on this formative assessment uh, practice as well to make sure that this is something that's part of our classroom habit and not an add-on to things that they're doing, um, quite possibly resulting in over-assessing and collection of unnecessary Uh, data with the hopes of thinking oh yeah it's just triangulation and it may not be the best way to do it Um, and it also meant that I went into it going I'm not actually being critical of these assessments that are being um, offered to me as well. I've just gone, oh, well, it's been handed down by or it's been offered by our system. I should just assume it's OK when maybe that's not the best thing in the interest of my kids to just jump into something like that without us knowing it very well. So we've deleted some of the things off our assessment schedule with a refocus on classroom practice and the formative assessment practices. Uh, and then that also means that myself as APCI and my other APCI and my supervising APs, our focus is on what's going on in the classroom not not what numbers are being submitted by teachers in the data. And hopefully that means now moving forward, there'll be a little less stress around assessment and data practices in the school um, and more quality information being collected. So um, it's been an interesting one to reflect on that as I've gone through just those assumptions that I made thinking, yeah, we're on the right path and really not thinking critically earlier on about, what could possibly happen? And obviously we couldn't predict any of the COVID crap.
0: <laughs> but it, how good is it though, Beck? just because it's there and you said that it was going to be done at the beginning of the year, you're not that you know, pompous going, no, this is what's going to happen, that you've reflected upon, hey, what's actually the point? We, we don't need to do this. My team and where they're at. You know, and this information that we're collecting isn't going to be valuable. So it shows your experience as a leader to to have that pivot and to to make those changes in support of your team and also collecting valuable information rather than just collecting everything because it's in Mm -hmm. the assessment schedule and it was passed on by the previous AP there. And we need to do it because it's there you know so it really shows you knowing knowing your team and knowing your kids and and what what your school needs and what information you need to collect to inform your teaching
1: and those assessments are are still there and available like you just if you're as a teacher you think you know what i want to do it it's there but it's not a mandated expectation yeah
0: no i really like that what about you alice what will you be deleting
1: um, I think I'm going to be
3: deleting my expectation that I need to get everything done yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so relatable.
3: <laughs> I, I Yes
2: to that. <laughs> yes.
3: I need to be more mindful about what I'm prioritising and particularly as, you know, the APC and I at my school, it's, you know, a new role, but it's we're not a school that's had an instructional leader role before. So, you know, it, it's quite new for my for my staff, and my expectations around the role and the school's expectations around the role, you know, are, are kind of a little bit different. And um, so, going going a little bit slower and. Kind of forcing myself to go. You know what? Change takes time. We just, you know, like you do in the classroom, you chunk things and you, and you, you, you know, you prioritize things to go right. This is what matters at at this particular moment for my staff and the students' needs, and mm-hmm. and go from there instead of you know expecting to go. You know what? This is you know an instructional leader. We should be doing this and this and this and you know me getting frustrated because it's not meeting my expectations and yeah i just just need to Uh, slow it down (laughs) i
0: think everyone can relate to you on that alice and and someone like yourself um who's so experienced and does so many amazing things that you have these sometimes high expectations and you put unrealistic expectations on yourself to achieve so much in that small amount of time. But like you said, something new to the school and and taking that time um, with, with some of those things and having realistic expectations. Yeah. Um what about some, you, James? More, something that I'll be deleting, um, a personal one is something I remember we discussed at the end of last term when I was talking about the the fuel gauge and knowing when you kind of start into getting empty. I know I, I was making excuses throughout the term regarding physical exercise. And something that I want to be deleting as I move into term two is making excuses when I get home and it's, you know, it's dark or if it's too cold to make sure that I'm still going out for a walk or run that I'm still doing physical exercise because I did make excuses um, in term one. So I'm hoping to delete the excuses and re-engage in physical activity. So that, that's what mine is. And now, team, as we move into the, the final part, and thank you, Aaron, for our start, repeat, delete. Uh, I like that little thing. And hopefully our listeners, um, as we are talking about ours, that you, you were thinking about starting something and repeating something and, and deleting something as well. I'm, I'm interested to hear um, your start, repeat, delete if you want to share that with us um, via our socials. Um, To our takeaways teams, what are our takeaways for this episode?
1: I'm taking away a study buddy. Aaron, let's talk in the holidays. Form an assessment because that's how nerdy we are. Done deal. (laughs)
0: And you know we will.
1: Yeah, we will. Right. <laughs> we'll get off now and start messaging. Yeah, we,
0: we might make a photo. We can take a photo of our, Aaron and Beck, um, study buddies, and put it on our socials or like that. We can start a book club or something. <laughs>
1: I've got plenty of books to choose from. Yes,
0: funny. <laughs> Aaron and Alice. Alice, do you want to go? As yeah. we mentioned earlier in the episode, human internet may be playing out listeners. So, yes, <laughs> on oh, no. Well, Did we're there, Alice.
3: I'm here. Can
0: you hear
3: me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, gotta love. It. It's only ever on podcast you night. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, my key takeaway, other than to get better internet, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> is to build in the reflective process. I like this: start, repeat, delete. It's a really good way to stop and think about you know what i have had some really good wins this this term there's we've you know been doing really a lot of good work at, at school with the staff and um, there's lots of things to celebrate and you know there are areas for improvement and areas for growth and it's important to recognize those as well and, and including the ones that we go you know what i'm going to stop I'm going to stop doing that. That's not, not serving me well. Um, I think it's important not just at the end of the term but at various points throughout, throughout the term that we do stop and reflect on how far we have come despite COVID and all of its challenges. Mm, yeah. That's my takeaway.
2: Yeah that's a good one and I was going to say I've been slack and I've like I said you know wanting to be less self-critical and so for me um my teacher planner that I use um the end of every week it's got a a little section to fill out on the Friday about positives and I just thought I'm too busy for that you know I don't have time for that but I I want to be you know um you know, more intentional about, like Alice was saying, making like that, reflecting on the wins and the successes, like a weekly thing that I do as part of my Friday, you know, what am I what am I um, grateful for this week and what can I go into my weekend going, you know what, this was a win, um, even if it's one thing um, to be more mindful of because rather than going through, you know, 10 weeks of going, am I doing a good job oh, have I done it? Have I had an impact and then, you know, going, oh, I actually have, I could have been, you know, celebrating that success and probably being more effective because I'm not doubting myself every
0: step of the way, if that makes sense. yeah. I, I like that, Aaron, and mine kind of is a flowing effect from yours and Alice's, not, not very original, but I really like the scaffold of the start, repeat, delete to, to create that conversation of sharing upon success but also to be self-reflective about what's working and Mm -hmm. what's not. So I really like that scaffold of even creating a conversation when when talking to colleagues and not not just from a personal perspective of using that. I really like it, a a real powerful tool. Now, Mm -hmm. finishing up, team, just something brief. What is something exciting you are doing in the holidays? I I don't know if it's exciting for me,
2: but I'm taking our almost three-year-old to the Paw Patrol live show. (gasps)
1: That is going to
2: be, that is going to, like dreams are going to be made, people. (laughs) Dreams (laughs) are going to be made.
1: Call
3: Yeah, excited. Expect you, Aaron, to share a video singing the theme
1: song. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So that's that's something for me to look forward to in the holidays, but also looking forward to just not having an alarm and not having to do certain things every day. The small things. I'm excited for that.
0: 100%. Alice Beck, one thing you're looking forward to?
1: I'm hoping we can get to the Easter show. I'm Thanks. hoping. <laughs> like, like we were talking before, my family's got, been going through the COVID flow on effect. So as of you today, got the there's. Spicy cough. We do. There's at last trial, isolation started today. Yeah. So I think that gets us out with four days left of the Easter show. I think. You can do it, Beck. <laughs> I hope so. I really want my potato on a stick. (laughs) Yes. We go for food, show bags, and patting the animals. We don't care about rides. We're not a rides Mm. family. We are food family. (laughs) What what
0: about the Woolworths domain where you get to see those beautiful kind of displays? displays. Do you like displays?
1: Yeah, they're good. The kids don't really maybe we were easier to entertain when I was younger. (laughs) But if you go into that domain, that's where a ton of the food stores yeah. are that people forget about. Like you go mm. out to the takeaway ones and yeah. get, you know, hot dog on a stick and all that kind of thing, but in there is where you get your cheese toasty, you get soup, you get spaghetti, there's More all smaller, other stuff in there. independent businesses yes.
0: too. I yeah, like the, and one the cheeses year, and all. Oh, the cheese, oh my God, and all of that stuff It's amazing. So all, if anyone ever finds stuff.
1: this please buy it and I will buy it off you that one year at the Easter show when I was a teenager, I think I was like 17 or 18. They've never had it again is like fruit flavored honey. So it would be like strawberry honey or blackberry honey. And it came out of like a honey squeeze jar, almost looked like a golden syrup squeeze thing. Every year I go back hoping and praying that this comes back. It's like the unicorn of flavored honey. I've never seen it ever again.
0: You heard it I wonder it first. if you were to
3: have it now, whether you would yeah. you would still think it was <laughs> awesome, or yeah. if it's just one of those things
1: where it was a really good memory. She'll have go, it now oh, and yeah, be like, "It's not like as so so good." Anything. Oh God! No. Yeah. Was so what was the fuss about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was in um because my mum still raves about this back in the day about how the Easter show used to just be farmers giving uh, sample bags. That's what it used to be. It's what it started with, and this was one of those things where it was a farmer selling stuff.
0: So great. No, Let's I, I, I like there. that. Reach out to us if you, you find those jars. Um, send <laughs> us through your bank details and uh, Beck will send for an address for you to post it to us. <laughs> How, How about you, you Alice? You,
3: Alice? <laughs> um, apart from spending time with the family, um, I'm actually going to be spending a lot of my holidays writing.
0: Oh, where are you I mean, ooh,
3: I am about eight chapters deep into writing a Ooh. book
0: um
3: and can see the light at the end of the tunnel so to speak <laughs> almost how um, many
0: chapters are you planning can you give us a little bit of you know our listeners uh a, a peek of what the book's going to be about yep
3: yeah, so there's 13 chapters and obviously you got your intro and your conclusion a lot that, so that's, that's it's on either side of those, Um, but it will be a book about critical and creative thinking and how we can embed that in the classroom and um, utilise thinking routines to help students understand their thinking processes and what it looks like to assess and understand and um, our students' thinking. So that's what I'm currently working on.
2: Looking forward to discussing the book in a later episode. That's right. Perhaps, perhaps for that, copy. I guess. Yeah. And I was gonna say perhaps with a sneaky discount code. Well
3: <laughs> well, if you play your cl- cards right there, Aaron, you might get a preview. I might ask you to critique Ooh. my book. Oh
0: like scoop. Did do you want him to go easier or harder uh, with with his
3: critiquing? <laughs> I suppose I'd 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 uh, give that to you and you and uh, Beck as well there. Can't just single out one team member. We've got to be critical when it's about critical
1: thinking. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: No, very exciting, Alice, and we're yeah. you know I can I'm sure I, I speak with Beck and Aaron as well. We're very proud and really looking forward to seeing what you produce because we know that it's going to be top notch and Absolutely. really going to support a lot of educators, um, not just in Australia but internationally as well. So really proud of you,
2: Alice. I was
0: I was going to say, James, nice. across the universe, hey, the
3: universe,
1: <laughs>
0: even our, our
3: space friends and. Australia
1: has a new program that they're sending a little robot to the moon. If we can get your book, on that
3: yes. robot. That would Maybe be awesome. the robot could read it. Oh. Wow. <laughs> From space. Digital would copy. Be
0: amazing. Well, you can tell, listeners, that we're at the end of the episode, as <laughs> our, our space talk. Of the falafeling. And the end of the term. Yeah, falafeling, <laughs> our favorite word. But we just want to wish you all a great holiday break. We all know how hard that you've been working and we know how tired you may be. But it's important that you take the time to reflect upon what you've achieved because we, we all know that it's been hard that that it's been tough but it's important to understand you've made a difference in so many children's lives and even with the parents lives that you've been supporting as well within your school community as always we understand that within your different school context that it's different and if you're ever going through different difficult times or if you want to share success please reach out to us on our social media, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook, because again, like I said, we are the Teacher Takeaway community and we are here to support you. Um, And on that note, we hope you have an enjoyable break and we
3: look forward to checking in with you again in our next episode. Bye for now.